0: Welcome to the Hold My Juice Box podcast, where we talk about motherhood and entrepreneurship. I'm Christina Zimmerman, a top producing real estate agent, business owner, coach, and mom of two great boys. This podcast is for all the women out there navigating through motherhood and building big businesses. My goal is for this to inspire, motivate, and encourage you as we go from surviving to thriving in motherhood and business. Welcome to the Hold My Juice Box podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Normally, in this podcast, we talk a lot about building big businesses, running businesses, having a great life with your family, and talking to women who are doing all these things and doing it successfully. But there's an underlying theme to all of this that I don't think should go unmentioned. So I've decided to devote an entire episode to it today. And it's going to be about just women in the workforce in general. And the goal of this is not to be discouraging, but rather to inspire women that they're doing the right thing by working and getting out there and really quickly before I even go into this, the hardest job you can ever do is to be a stay-at-home mom. So I'm in no way talking negatively against that at all. That is a job. It may not be in the workforce, but you are doing so much as a stay-at-home mom. So that's a whole nother episode and story that we can get into at a later time. But whatever you choose to do, whether it's a stay-at-home mom, whether it's a stay-at-home mom running a small business, or whether it's a stay-at-home mom with a big business or a working mom running their own business or running a small business or wanting to start a business. I mean, whichever way you decide to go, what this message today boils down to is we need to change the conversation and the mindset around these roles. Have you ever noticed how... No matter which option you choose, there's always so much guilt associated. I know it's not just me because I've talked to mom friends and women in the workforce and business owners and they're all experiencing the same thing you know you're a stay-at-home mom and the whole time you're doing it you feel like you're not contributing enough or you're not contributing to the family's finances and so you go out and you try and find something to sell to at least help out but you're not able to devote enough time to it so it's really not that successful and then you feel like more of a failure and and that guilt sets in and then if you're working outside of the home there's another type of guilt the guilt of dropping your kids off at daycare or At school or being stretched too thin and feeling like you're not able to give 100% at home because you're trying to give 100% at work. And I mean, there's just so much guilt around all of this. And I think it comes from the message that we hear and the message that we're telling ourselves and telling each other that we're not doing enough, no matter which one it is which is just ridiculous if you think about it. You know, if we're talking to our kids and they say they want to do something, we support them 110% and we do everything we can to encourage them and to help them pursue that wholeheartedly. And we don't talk to them about the negatives and make them feel the guilt of the things they'll have to sacrifice to pursue whatever that dream is. So why do we do it to ourselves? And why do we do it to other women? You know, um, I'm sure everyone has been in that situation where you tell a friend, I want to do this business, and they look at you and say, well, you'll have to take a lot of time from your family to do that, or vice versa. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom, and knowing that other person is thinking, wow, she's not going to contribute to her family financially at all, her poor husband. It just, it goes round and round, and I think we need to break this, so... Let's jump into this and let's really talk about all of the statistics involved and most importantly, ways to be part of the solution. And I have not come up with any of these and I will definitely cite all of my sources because I think there are some incredible women out there who are doing this and who are championing both routes and whatever you choose, just making sure that we start to be more encouraging to each other and to ourselves and to own whichever role we've decided to be in in this season in our lives and to enjoy it rather than feel guilty about it like we're not doing enough. We are so blessed to live in a time where we can talk about these things. Like I said, unlike our mothers, our grandmothers, our great-grandmothers, you know, to be able to make these decisions is amazing. So let's jump into some statistics. Six years ago, 49.5% of the workforce was women. 49.5%. Women made up 53% of entry-level jobs. And women made up 19%. Of executive level jobs. In 1999, we saw the peak of women in the workforce at 60%. These are from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Overall, women's labor force participation increased dramatically from the 1960s through the 1980s before slowing in the 1990s. With the dawn of the 21st century, labor force participation among women began a gradual decline until the rate hit a recent low in 2015 of 56.7%. It gets more interesting as we go. Between January 2015 and December 2019, the number of women in senior vice president positions increased from 23 to 28%, and in the C-suite levels from 17 to 21%. So we were making some headway. We were starting to see more women in those roles and starting to see some of the results of all of the the struggles and the pushing that all of these women ahead of us had done. And then COVID hit. COVID hit and it drastically changed the workforce in general for men and women. But what's interesting is now that we're seeing more of the statistics come out, they're calling... Some of these results, the pandemic's gender effect. Since the pandemic, one in four women are considering leaving or downshifting their careers versus one in five men. Three major groups have experienced some of the largest challenges. The first being working mothers, the second, women in senior management positions, and the third being black women. What's interesting about these is When interviewed and studied, the women in the senior management positions said for a majority of them, the reason they were thinking of downshifting or getting out of the career is the loneliness. They felt since the pandemic, they were so lonely in their roles and they also had no other females anywhere near their level that they could support each other with. According to the Washington Post, the first year of the pandemic knocked 54 million women around the world out of work. And according to the NPR, women are now at the lowest workforce participation level since 1988. Those are some pretty significant numbers. And it can really kind of hit you in the gut to see, wow, this is really interesting. This is a long lasting effect that is going to take a long time to come back from. So here's where it gets interesting. Historically, unmarried mothers are much more likely to participate in the labor force than married mothers. In March 2019, 78.2% of unmarried mothers were in the labor force compared with 70.1% of married mothers. Motherhood and work is, as any of my listeners know, like having two full-time jobs, you have to give 110% to both. And it can be so draining and exhausting and you can feel yourself getting spread too thin. So then you throw a pandemic into this mix and we start to see many women having to choose between one or the other because it was literally impossible to do both. Studies have found women who took just one year away from the workforce earned 39% less than women who did not. So how do we fix this? Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of Facebook, wrote the book Lean In, which deals with these exact issues, even though it was written pre-pandemic, I believe. And she has some recommendations to correct all of this that I think are right on point. The first being to sit at the table. Women underestimate their abilities and do not negotiate for themselves in the workforce. 67% of millennial females don't feel comfortable negotiating a job offer. That's significant. If you look at a group of women heading into a meeting, a lot of times they'll sit towards the back or they'll refrain from speaking up and we need to change that. We need to lean in. We need to go sit at the table. We need to be involved because what we have to say is important and we're there for a reason and we can't forget that. The other thing is recognizing our successes for what they are. Men credit themselves for success where historically women credit others, you know, having a great support group around themselves or just getting lucky or working hard or being in the right place at the right time, we need to recognize that, no, it's you. You're doing an amazing job. That's why you are where you are. You have worked for this. Yes. But you have so much to offer. You need to remember that your success is because of you. Obviously, everyone has people in their lives that contribute to that success, but it all boils down to you being that main component. So don't sell yourself short. Another suggestion that Cheryl S- Sandberg had was to make your spouse a real partner. Last week, I did an interview with Christina Moore Ward, and I think if I could pick one thing out of that interview that just really struck me as a genius idea, it was her advice that she received from someone else about strengths-based lists and I tell you what, after that interview that night, I sat down with my husband and I said, get your notebook out. We're making a strength-based list. And he looked at me like, oh gosh, what are we doing? But it was so smart. And what we did was we sat down and we wrote out a list of all of the things that need to happen to keep our home and our children and ourselves running smoothly and having good days and then we went down the list and we said okay I'll take care of this item you take care of that item and we went back and forth and we definitely saved the most unpleasant ones for last and we kind of negotiated okay you do the deep cleaning I'll do the groceries and meal planning or whatever it was but it was so such a relief to do that with my husband and for him as well, because when you're doing everything, you're never going to maintain an A plus average. You're going to be maintaining a C, C minus average in everything. So to be able to break it apart like that. And we also gave our kids some responsibility on those lists and obviously age appropriate. But you know what? If we're all working together and we all know our roles, we can be so much better in our lives because we're getting that support from each other. So that right there was huge. And Sheryl Sandberg is very big about that with her husband and the women that she works to inspire is working together as a team. You know, she talks about how you hear husbands say, I have to babysit the kids this weekend, but you'd never hear a mother say, I have to babysit the kids this week. They're your children. You have a 50, 50% responsibility with your kids. So, you know, recognizing that and being a real team. And if you're not at that point, which is very common, most women are doing much more of the housework and the work with the children than the husband. And there are all kinds of reasons behind that. But today is a great day to sit down with your your spouse and say, hey, let's break this down and let's start helping each other more with this. How can we work together to make things go smoother? One of the really interesting statistics that I saw when I was doing my research for this episode was that 69.8% of women say they would prefer to have a paid job rather than staying at home, and 66.5% of men agree with them. Isn't that interesting? There's this mindset that is just ridiculous that men think the women need to stay at home. And clearly, based on the statistic, that's not the case. But what's really interesting is when you ask men and women who should be responsible for the home items, taking care of the home, taking care of the children, both men and women will almost 100% agree that it should be the women. But how can we do both? So again, I, I highly recommend what Cheryl And what Christina Moore Ward shared of just really splitting up those duties and and being a partner. Because that's ultimately what you had in mind, I'm sure, when you got married. Cheryl also says we should lean in and not back. She's very big on keeping your foot on the gas pedal all the way up to starting a family. She's worked with a lot of women who started out in a career very young and knew that they wanted to have a family which is fantastic and started planning around that to the point where they were limiting themselves in their career opportunities because they were scared if they took those opportunities and they advanced or they took on more that once they started planning a family or having a family they wouldn't be able to maintain what they had taken on in their careers. So well before they even started building a family, some of them, even before they were married, they started declining opportunities because they they just didn't want to take on too much for later on. Cheryl is 100% against this. And I have to agree. Um, I think... I think there's some real wisdom in what she suggests. Don't leave too early. Don't back out of opportunities before it's time. She's very a very big proponent of establishing your career very securely before you start having a family. So if you have that opportunity where you know, you're starting out young in your career and you have these opportunities to advance or to grow, to take them as often as you can and just keep going all the way up until you start having a family. And the reason for this is once you do have a family... You should have a great foundation in whatever your career is or your business is to be able to maintain itself while you're able to take time off to be with your little one and enjoy that that motherhood experience and not first of all exhaust yourself trying to maintain both and second of all not give up opportunities that you could have have done because you were too concerned you wouldn't be able to do it all. You don't have to do it all. Establish your career and get it to that level to where it can keep running while you go enjoy that time with your little one. And there are so many different ways to do this in every career. But I think Sarah Blakely, the founder and CEO of Spanx, modeled this really well for us. She started her company herself and she did every role you can think of you know, as she was getting it off the ground, she was the sales, she was the CEO, she was the inventor, she was packing and shipping everything. And she was the CEO. As she was doing this, she could recognize what she was doing really well and what she wasn't doing well. And she highly recommends that as soon as you can in your business, as soon as you can afford it, hire your weaknesses. Hire your weaknesses identify your strengths and then leverage out the rest. And then like Sarah Blakely, when she went to build her family, she was able to step down as CEO, grow her family, be an inventor. She did this for 12 years and then she stepped back into being a CEO when the time was right. And at that point, When she stepped back into that, she had a strong team built around her to handle the management with her so she was able to still devote enough time and energy into her family because she had taken the time ahead of building a family to really establish her business and get it to where it needed to be to where she didn't have to give up either. She was able to have this incredible business and a beautiful family. If she had stepped away too early, It would have been so much more difficult to come back because there's no way she could handle four kids and running a high-level business. And if it wasn't at that point, she might not have had enough motivation to return to it at all. And where would we be without Spanx? So I'm glad she did it the right way. But I think there's a lot to this. Um, And I highly recommend getting the book Lean In and obviously following Sarah Blakely and these strong women who are doing great things in the business world and the workforce for women and and follow their lead because what they're doing is working and they share their mistakes so we can learn from those and hopefully not make the same ones. The last bit of information or tip that I have for changing the mindset and the message that we hear around whether it is a stay-at-home mom or being a working mom is be your own pep talk that can be so hard but sometimes we have to do that and we need to do it more often than not we're so encouraging to our family to our kids to our spouse as they go off on their day and we just give and give and give and give and a lot of times we don't get that back so some of the ways that we can get that back is one to surround yourself with the right people Make sure what you're hearing are the right voices, the ones that are encouraging you to keep going, the ones that are inspiring you for how to, with how to keep going and keep going in the right direction or how to do things better, you know, learn from those around you. The other thing is encouraging ourselves. I talk a lot in other episodes about positive affirmations. A friend of mine just sent me the book, The High Five Habit by Mel Robbins. I highly recommend it. It's a great quick read, but it's all about the story we tell ourselves and the research behind self-validation and encouragement. And it's fascinating. Obviously, we all know if we're telling ourselves good things, it's going to have a better impact on us and make us more successful than if we're telling ourselves negative things. But what was so interesting in this book is the actual research and data behind how it's impacted sports teams and individuals and business situations. And why aren't we doing these things for ourselves? Why aren't we constantly encouraging ourselves and making sure that we're telling ourselves the right message that, hey, I'm a stay at home mom. And that is just fine. I am raising my children to be the best people they can be. And I'm going to enjoy this, this, this season of my life to its fullest. And when I'm ready, I'll move into something else, whether it's going back to work or something completely different. Sarah Blakely talks about this a little bit in an interview that I recently watched where they were talking to her all about her success and what it took to start the company and everything else. But she mentioned that there was one time when she was building her business and she just had a terrible day. She had been pitching spanks all day to all these different groups and she was getting constantly escorted out of buildings. Her business cards were getting torn up in her face. She was just really getting hit hard that day. Most of us would have gone home and thought, maybe I have a really terrible idea. Maybe I need to give this up or maybe this just isn't for me. Maybe I need to go do a nine to five or something because this clearly is not working. Instead, what she did was she went home and she sat down and wrote out her strengths. That would be so hard to do after so much rejection. But what it did was it showed her, I can do this and here's how I'm going to do it. Because it reminded her, one, why she was doing it and two, That she did have so many skills and so many talents, and it gave her that motivation to keep going. And look at her now. I mean, look at Sphinx. It's wildly famous. It's an amazing product and it keeps growing. So take a lesson from that. Take a lesson from Mel Robbins about why it's so important to remind ourselves constantly of these things, whether you're a stay at home mom or in the business field. So not only should we change what we're telling ourselves, but what we're telling other women. It's so difficult to get ahead in the workforce and be a mom at the same time. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but a lot of times women feel intimidated and more competitive towards other women, probably because we've had to fight so hard to get where we are that we're intimidated that we shouldn't have more women around us taking some of that success or that business. And that is such a wrong mindset. We need to be encouraging each other. There's so much to go around. And if we supported each other more and encouraged each other more and helped bring other women into successful positions and roles, imagine what those conversations and those, those stories that we're telling each other to inspire and grow each other, imagine what impact that would have on daughters who are listening and who are watching and seeing how we're interacting with each other. That would inspire them to so much more than we're doing. So I can't talk enough about this. I think it's something that's so important. I think women have so much to offer. And I know the pandemic and other factors have really affected women in the workforce. And I want you to know that you have so much to offer, whether you choose to stay at home or continue working. There are so many ways that you're having an impact in this world. And remember to tell yourself what a great job you're doing, what your strengths are. And if you forget, make sure you've got the right people around you who remind you because that will take you so much further. So go out there, get the book Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. It's amazing. Get The High Five Habit by Mel Robbins. It's also fantastic. Start investing in your mindset and the story you tell yourself. You're going to do great things. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to click the subscribe button to make sure you're the first to know when new episodes are posted. You can also connect with me on Instagram at czim_realtor, underscore realtor or visit my website at www.christinazimmerman.com.